You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Pastor Dennis has shared with you the series. This is number seven in the series. And we're starting on relationship or fellowship. We follow Jesus and we fish for men and we fellowship with other believers. I would not be here today if I had not had a relationship where people took me in and valued me. And I, I want you just to think out loud with me a little bit today. And uh, we need to ask ourselves some questions. What did the early church look like? That first church in the book of Acts. And also, we have to translate that into today. How is our involvement to be in today's church? Now, what is a church? Uh, most of you grew up in, uh, you know, just say, for instance, what does the word church mean? The word church means the called out ones and to identify with an assembly. So you and I are called out of all kinds of backgrounds. I, I came to Christ because at 14 years of age, I was talking with my dad at nighttime. During the night, he passed away. So my mom comes and wakes me up and says, I think your dad is dead. At that particular time, I began a journey. And all of us are in a journey. We're in a journey of faith, of discovery, a personal relationship with God. And that's the reason you're here today. You're not here because Pastor Dennis is such a good-looking man. His wife is really good-looking, but he's not so good-looking. But, I mean, you know, uh, you know, you're here for God. And uh, most of us grew up in saying, what is a church? Is it uh, a building? I mean, I grew up in that kind of atmosphere where the church was a building. And on Sunday morning, my family made sure I was at church. And, you know, I grew up in a small town. There's more people in two services at this church than the town that I grew up in. There are 1,927 people in my town that I grew up in. Very small. There's thousands more in the mall here than I grew up in the town. So, you know, uh, is it a building? No. Everybody say, no, it's not a building. What is it? What is a church? It's people. People just like you and myself. And I, I'm so thankful that this confused kid... 
I was confused when my dad passed away. I, I, I was angry at the world. Didn't know where I was going. And I began a journey of discovery about who God is. So, uh, what does the early church look like? Well, I'm going to read to you out of the scripture where there's a description of what the early church looked like. And then we want to apply that to you and I here today. This is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And this was after the man Peter, St. Peter, remember he denied the Lord three times. And the last one was a, a little girl says, you're one of them. And he said, blankety blank, I'm not one of them. Well, but a few days later, this man received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And he stood up with the eleven and began to declare to the multitudes about this Christ. No longer was he afraid because he was in a company of people that had received an endowment of power from on high, the Holy Spirit. And Acts 2.42, and they devoted, say that word devoted with me, devoted. You're here this morning, you could be anywhere else, but you're here because you're devoted. And I thank you for that. Pastor Dennis and the team here, thank you. That you're devoted here. And you're here this morning. Devoted to the apostles' teaching or to the Word of God. And fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. We prayed this morning. This family prayed this morning for the trouble in Mindanao. For the challenges that they're facing. We're a people because when we come together, we're not only receiving the Word, but we're praying together. Can you say amen? amen? And the awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Amazing things began to happen. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the process proceeds of all. And if any had need, and day after day attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, receiving their food with glad, generous, generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day who were being saved. But this is our main portion of Scripture. And again, just to think out loud with me that the church is an ecclesia. The Greek word is ecclesia. We're called out of all kinds. I was, I was in a hell hole as a young man. Confused, angry, uh, because of the loss of my dad. And all of us... On this journey of faith, we face many kind of situations. 
our friends here from China, they've faced many kinds of situations, yet some of the greatest stirs of the uh, people coming to God is in China. They face every kind of situation. And so we're all from different backgrounds, but we've been called out of that to come and form an assembly together. Where And that's what, to relate together. So, this is what the early church looked like. And throughout church history, there, we know that there is a church universal all around the world from all the ages. But you don't have fellowship with a church universal. You have fellowship with a local church. Say local church with me. Local church. You're here because this is a local expression of Christ in the earth. Now, there's one universal church and many local churches. Now, as we look at, I want to look at three thoughts out of this particular portion of Scripture. And I want to share with you a little bit of of my journey as, as an individual. First of all, the Bible says they were devoted. And that, again, I want to say again, thank you that you're here today. That shows the devotion in your life to the fellowship here at uh, Victory. The disciples devoted themselves to the Word of God. Now, the church that I grew up in, nobody had a Bible. Nobody brought their Bible. How many Bibles we got in here? Everybody got a Bible on a one Bible, two Bibles, three Bibles. I, I got three Bibles with me today. Yeah, and so most of you have Bibles in your cell phones, right? So uh, Bibles, wow, everywhere. But hey, uh, I didn't grow up in our church. Nobody brought a Bible to church. And, you know, there was a Bible up on the pulpit. And uh, every Sunday they would speak out of that Bible on the pulpit, but nobody has a Bible. So there was no devotion to the Word of God. So it came time, I actually came to Christ at 15 years of age. And I began a journey of seeking God. And so I went to my pastor, a very traditional church, much like what most of you grew up in. And I said, Pastor Dennis, this is what I said. I told the pastor, I need God. Now, usually the pastor comes to you and says, you need God. But I went to the pastor and says, I need to talk to you because I need God. He knew enough to pray with me to receive Christ But he didn't know what to do with me after that. And actually, he told me, Sam, go see the Baptists. They'll know what to do with you. (laughs) So, and I went off to university. I, I received Christ into my life. But I didn't, I was not discipled. You see, in the local church, people will speak the word of God to you and disciple you. And help you mature. So I went off to university. 
And I didn't quite know that this was a Christian university, Pastor Dennis. You know, I didn't quite know it. And I had to take a class where I had to have a Bible. Uh, I didn't even have a Bible. So I had to go to the bookstore and buy a Bible. And not only did I have to have a Bible, I had to read the Bible. Whoa, the first one for me. I'd never read the Bible before. You see, because man shall not live by pensit alone. You know, the five loaves Jesus handed out was Filipino, right? I had to start reading the Bible. And Michael, it was so unique. Never had read the Bible before. So I, there's no wonder I was so confused and didn't know what was going on in my life. And I had a very dedicated aunt that lived in the town where I went to university. And she began to talk to me about the Bible. And she, they call me Sammy in Texas. Sammy, don't you believe the Bible? I says, well, Aunt Camille, I don't know. I guess I do. One Sunday, she invited me to dinner at her house. And she served really good food. And I was a very hungry college student. But I was not feeling well that day. But I was hungrier than I was sick. So I decided to go. And I went to church with her that day. And this is the honest truth, Samantha. There was only two seats left in the building. It was like a church like this, not this large, but almost right, like right here. And the only two seats left in the house was on the front row. And I, I go sit on the front row, and I'm scared to death because I don't know what's going on in this church. And everybody began to worship. Woo! The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I thought, what is going on here? But all of a sudden, my heart was touched by what God was doing there. This confused kid felt the presence of God among the people of God. Because they were dedicated. They were devoted. They were committed to the house of God. And all of a sudden... When they lifted their hands, my hands went, because I wanted to worship the God that was I was experiencing there. Never discount when you bring somebody. Bring your friends. I was a confused 18-year-old kid. But that particular day, there was a well-known surgeon that my aunt invited her Invited to lunch with us. And he was in town. And so I went and I ate lunch after church. I had to go to, if I went to church with her, I had to go to, I wanted to go to lunch with her. Because she served really good food at her house. And I was a hungry college student. So after I finished dessert... I said, Aunt Camille, can I be excused because I'm not feeling well? The surgeon stood up and walked to the door with me. And he said, uh, 
Sam, can I pray for you? Now, I never had a doctor ask me that question. <laughs> Usually a doctor says, take these two pills and call me tomorrow. But he said, can I pray for you? And I said, well, well, well yeah. <laughs> you know. And so he said, kneel down here. And I knelt right down in front of God and everybody right there. And he laid his hands on me and immediately, say that word with me, immediately I was healed. I, Sam Webb walked in there sick and walked out of there with a full stomach and healed. <laughs> Two good things. But that started, in other words, here's a people devoted to his word laying hands on a confused kid and seeing the power of God touch this confused kid, I left there and I began to read this Bible in a different way. It wasn't just something that they were talking about. I experienced God's power because of people devoted to the Word of God. We are the people that are devoted to the instruction, the teaching of this Word. The second thing is communication. We're devoted to communion, relationship, connection. I can't tell you how important that is for every single life. The more tools we get... Everybody hold your phone or your iPad or your cell phone up. The more we get, the less we're connected with people. And we have a people that are isolated. They think they're connected because they have friends on Facebook or iPad or whoever, whatever all the different kinds of things are. I'm a little technically challenged. I'm Lolo not so smart with technology. But, you know, as people, I began to make a commitment to fellowship. And Sam Webb's life was changed because I made a commitment to fellowship. I would, I went to church I connected with the people there. And I, I want to encourage you, if you are here or been in the church for a while, look for somebody, some confused Sam Webb in the crowd. Look for them. Buy them lunch. Pray for them. Encourage them because they lack connection with real people. They got connection with a phone. They got connection with technology. But they lack connection with real people sometimes. Now, we had a small group in Hawaii. And one of the members of our small group was a Filipino doctor. And uh, it's Dr. Jose de Leon. He would come to our small group, but he would never say anything. 
And I thought, well, does this man, can he talk? <laughs> he must have to talk to his patients sometime. But one day during our sharing there in the small group and building relationships, he said this, and I almost fell off my chair. He said, you know, I learned how to talk in small group. He said, as a doctor, I just wrote prescriptions, hand them out. Here, here, take these. Call me tomorrow, <laughs> you know. But he said, I learned how to talk. And man, I was really touched by that. Because the care of that small group, because we were devoted, this man grew in his ability to communicate. So one day I, I was speaking and I was going to use his uh, example. And so I asked her, Dr. De Leon to, to come with me. And so I shared and he, he had told me that, you know, Sam, now the drug representatives pay me to talk. Whoa. I mean, that's a good one. How would you like to get paid to talk? And so... Uh, I would learn how to talk real quick. They said they pay me $300 an hour. Well, maybe I misheard him. So I, as I was sharing his testimony that day, he said, Sam, don't get me up in front. I said, okay, well, I'll share it. So he, he shared, and I shared his testimony about learning how to talk in small group. And that now they pay him $3. He held up his hand. He said, Sam, now I get paid $500 an hour to talk. I mean, how many of you would like to talk like that? I mean, $500 an hour. But that man's life was changed because of a commitment to a small group. Lives can be changed when we learn to build relationship. The third thing is we build fellowship and relationship for mission or purpose. Uh, my life gained purpose when I became committed to a fellowship, when I became committed to small group. Just as a confused college kid, that's where I met my wife. Woo! My beautiful wife that's in the mall. Spending my money. <laughs> I should have had her stay here. I would be richer. <laughs> One of my friends is, you know, this morning we showed pictures of people that have left the Philippines, gone to restricted nations. That's because of the relationship that we're committed not only just to to the Word of God, we're not only just committed to relationship, but we're committed to mission. We just shared about the issue that's happening in Mindanao. And we all get a chance to share. See, we have mission. And that's so important. We share a mission together. And uh, life, life scholars... You share from all these different perspectives. I want to share with you about one of my friends. He was a high school teacher. And in his local church, 
he learned about a 10 days mission team. It wasn't called 10 days at that particular church, but, and it was called, it was a mission outreach. So he's decided as a high school teacher, I'm going to go on one of these. He goes to Thailand and God talks to him in Thailand and says, this is where you belong. He goes back, communicates with his wife. Now, don't do this if you don't have good communication with your wife because you don't want to just go and leave her there, right? Everybody said, Amen. So he goes back and he moves his family to Thailand. I met him in India. He was actually with a team in India. And we begin to partner together. This man that learned this in mission and his local church. We have purpose here. We have mission here. And guess what? We partnered together with him and there are 100 churches in Sri Lanka up among the tea estates because that man was built, his fellowship was built on mission. Now, maybe you're not going to go to Sri Lanka, but you can be a vital part of what is taking place in the mission of this local church. We have a broader spectrum. I get a chance, like next week, to go to Laos. And there are people on mission from the Philippines there. I get a chance to go to Myanmar and there are people on mission in Myanmar that learned about it in the relationship here. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to the other side of the world, but it all starts out of a relationship and a purpose. And today, I'm asking you according to the Word of God, to commit yourself, to devote yourself to the Word of God that's going forth regularly here. Not just come to church. We're not just into the business of just coming to church. We're glad you're here. But you need to receive that Word of God that changed Sam Webb forever. I mean... I would not be here today if it wasn't for a small group in which there was an airplane mechanic and his wife, which is a housewife, and a registered nurse. Of course, in the United States, all nurses are Filipino nurses. <laughs> Almost all. You all taken over the U.S. and in the whole nursing world. But those folks, I met them, they recognized this confused kid. They began to pour the Word of God into this confused kid. I walked in there confused and walked out of there changed. You see, that's what this is all about. Receiving the Word of God 
building connection, mission for the grace of God. Could you bow your head just a moment? Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for each one of the lives that have been touched by you to connect with this congregation. And Lord, I do pray today that the Word of God would be active and alive within their hearts, afresh and anew. Lord, you would quicken your Word to every single individual here. Let it become alive inside of them. Thank you for the relationships that you're building. You're causing people to connect the same way you connected me with people that helped, that changed the direction of my life. And I thank you for the mission out of those relationships that you've given us. Let there be a growth. Let there come a greater dynamic in the whole area of mission in this local church. Let people go on 10-day teams. Let people release their finances into seeing the impact in the nations. Let the life scholars more come forth because of the mission of this local church. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcast.